0: Hello everyone.
1: (laughs) Hello, everyone. Hello,
0: everyone. Let me try again. Hello, everyone. I'm Teresa.
1: And I'm (laughs) Sarah.
0: Okay. Let's try it again. Hey everyone. I'm Teresa. And I'm Sarah. And this is the Catch Me Up Podcast, a podcast where Sarah and I, a married, queer couple in healthcare that live in the South, catch up on our lives, current events. And hopefully, get to talk to some interesting and dynamic people in the process.
1: Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody.
0: How are we doing?
1: I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah,
0: how are you? I'm doing good. We've got a kitten here that knows we're starting to record, so she's going to get All of real feisty. The business. So we're doing something a little different today. Mm-hmm. This will probably be a little bit of a shorter episode. Yeah. Some of you may enjoy that aspect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've just had a handful of questions from people who are listening, and we thought it'd be fun to just sit down and answer a few of those real quick and then we'll have a regular episode ready for you next week Um, and don't forget if you ever have any questions or if there's like a subject you would like us to cover please send us a message on Instagram Mm -hmm. or email us at catchmeuppod at gmail dot com or text us because let's be frank you all know us (laughs) so yeah we had one question that was pertaining to Corey's episode Mm Mm-hmm. So let's listen real quick to Corey answering the question of why is the Bible so down on goats
1: versus sheep
0: versus sheep. (laughs) So I got one random text question from your episode that I thought I was going to answer but then I was like oh I'm going to see Corey I should just ask her and the question was why is the Bible so down on goats (laughs) (laughs) that was the question
2: wow yeah that's a good question (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wish I knew and saw the person that was asking it because I feel like I would answer it in different ways but um, I'm not a farmer. I've never kept sheep or goats. I would assume that goats are a bit unmanageable because what I know about them is they will destroy a lot. I think sheep are, from what I know, if there's a good leader, they follow really well. And I think dope, <laughs> dopes. I think goats Goats. (laughs) probably are dopes. They are. And do whatever damn thing they want to do. Yeah.
0: I also think like it culturally, I think they probably ate a lot of lamb. Like lamb was important in like their cuisine. I do think they probably ate goat and they probably drank goat milk, but like lamb was probably more valuable.
2: And they actually might not have drank a lot of goat milk.
0: Oh yeah. You know you know they they
2: People say, people out there say, that American, America is, like, one of the only countries that consumes large amounts of milk past infancy. Yeah, so, that's probably true. You know. But, yes, yeah, sheep, for sure, for eating. But I think it probably has to do more with the nature of...
0: Also, it's probably just a metaphor, right? It's not, like, it's not, it's just needing to have two different things that are... Not necessarily one's better than the other, but like shepherds in those days were specifically shepherding sheep. And then Jesus was the shepherd.
2: You mean of all the stuff that we talked about? That was the only question?
0: (laughs) That was the only question. I got feedback about other stuff we talked about, but not. That was the only question. And I don't think it was just a random text I got that just said, why is the Bible so down on goats? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, that's a funny question. Man, I love some goat cheese. hmm But I don't think you shepherd goats. Goats just kind of, like you do said, their own thing. Pen, they do their own thing. And you
2: have to confine them from what I know, which I don't know a lot about goats. But you have to, like, whatever area you put them in needs to be an area that you don't care so much about. Yeah. Because they'll they'll do whatever they want.
0: Yeah. That girl walking with such confidence in the rain. No, nothing on. Her hair's going to get so frizzy.
2: You keeping that part in? Did you? Maybe. (laughs) Did you get, you got some feedback? Yeah, I got really good feedback. Mostly? A couple of people want to have conversations about me. (laughs) No, sorry, not about me. Maybe that to, maybe they actually do want to have conversations about they me. They probably are having
0: conversations about you. But, you know, if you're into
2: the Enneagram, I'm a six-wing seven. For a six, like, the worst possible thing that you can do is say, we need to have a conversation about something and not tell me the topic. I know what the topic is, that clear. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. How does um, that make you feel? We don't have to keep this in if you don't want to talk about it. No, I don't mind talking about it. I you know when we were talking on the podcast about like our stakes in the ground and like certainty what's hard is if somebody had said three or four years ago I want to have a conversation I would have been like fired up and ready and like planned that mm-hmm. in some ways I knew more about what I wanted to say but then I think about what our podcast was about and if I yeah I just feel less confident on like what how I would respond but I feel more confident in my ability to like listen and hold space Mm -hmm. for somebody that believes something different than me but I think what I get nervous about is like somebody that wants to like lecture me Mm -hmm. and that never feels fun if somebody's like going into a conversation with an agenda for you so I need to not be anxious you should ask that person if they would like me to be a part
0: of the conversation. There were two different people. Yeah. Okay, we can we can wrap this up. Thank you for answering the goat question. You're welcome. We're going to go eat breakfast now. Mm-hmm. Bye. Okay. Okay. And then I have one other question that I had to get answered by somebody else. So I'm going to read that answer. So we had someone ask, I think while I was listening to Sherry discuss racism, I was thinking about how do we instill acceptance and understanding in our children so that we do not pass racism on to the next generation or maybe not even pass on, just combat the racism that is still out there. Also, how did she navigate those conversations with her daughter? We try to make sure... Our child's books have people of all colors, cultures. We talk about families with two mommies and two daddies. But I guess I always think there's more I can do. So I texted Sherry about that. And what'd she say? Sherry said, should I do an impression of Sherry?
1: Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Sherry, you're welcome.
0: (laughs) She did say next time she should record a voice memo, which I didn't think about until afterwards. But that's okay. So she said, good question. Be mindful of what you say, meaning the parents, around your children. Racism doesn't exist in small children until they are taught that, for, that from conversations and actions of the people they are around. Something as simple as that little black kid starts the division. Mm-hmm. Quote, like saying something as simple that little black kid. It's been many times where small children make the mistake of saying that same statement not knowing that it was wrong. But guess what? They heard it from somewhere. Continue to let the children know that we are all special and made differently but equal. Don't overthink it. Right or wrong should come naturally from within. And if you don't see color and you live as though you are equal, your children will follow your lead. Tony and I are discussing how to answer this by text, which is challenging. (laughs) But hopefully I answered the question and I should have recorded the conversation. So there's sherry's answer to that i think that's a good question and one that i think about a lot
1: yeah was there one about like what are the ones did we answer the ones about harry potter i'm getting to those oh god i was
0: answering (laughs) you're just excited to talk about harry potter i am
1: but and i think there was something else. i just was answering
0: the ones that other people answered for us all right okay so our first question that we have to answer the question is I tend to be more like Sarah in that I'm less likely to make plans because I don't want to be disappointed if things don't work out. In parentheses, maybe that is an inaccurate observation. If so, disregard the question. (laughs) As a planner, Teresa, now that you're in a relationship with someone who has more difficulty dealing with sudden change, do you find yourself hesitant sometimes to make plans out of fear of disappointing Sarah? So, no. Maybe I should be. Why? Because if anything, I think I plan too much. And you are like, why are you putting all this on our calendar?
1: That's true. I'll be at work or doing something and it'll be, we share a calendar, which if you have a partner who is a little neurodivergent and has trouble like remembering things, I think having a shared calendar...
0: Super helpful. ...has
1: been super helpful to me. Even today, you were like, that wasn't on the calendar. But um. anyway... I'll be, like, at work or somewhere else or doing something. And Teresa's, like, bing, bing, bing. Like, adding all these things to the calendar. And I'm, like, already overwhelmed. (laughs) Because I get a notification. It's, like, Teresa added this to the calendar. And I'm, like, oh, my God.
0: Maybe take the notifications off. And that would keep you from getting overwhelmed.
1: It's only sometimes. (laughs) Mm, Okay. Because I like knowing other times when, like, appointments and stuff. Like, whatever. Knowing when your appointments and things are. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah there will be times when it's so many things and well
0: sometimes like i'll sit down at the computer and i'll just get all of like our therapy appointments booked
1: Mm -hmm. and then
0: it'll like put them all on there at once or i'll get whatever (laughs) it's mostly appointments it's not usually social stuff
1: but there are some weeks where i would look and it would be like lunch with this person dinner with this person the next day that doesn't
0: happen very often it
1: doesn't happen very often but
0: but there's sometimes when like, specifically around the holidays, you're trying to make all this stuff happen in a certain yeah. amount of time and you have to like be selective of your days. So any all that to say, I don't find it difficult. I don't fear that I'm going to disappoint Sarah. I do struggle with when we do plan something and then I know those plans have to change. I struggle with the best way to communicate that with Sarah, knowing how her brain works and how she'll react. So like the christmas thing and the plans changing, that whole conversation did not go as planned. <laughs> and that was that was not the way that I planned on having that conversation and Aww. so yeah, it's more like learning how to communicate with her in a way that like allows her to feel her feelings but also yeah, I don't know. That's hard. But no, I think like I think it's good that <laughs> I think it'd be hard if we were both like hardcore planners.
1: Oh, yeah. Can you imagine me no. like vying for power about who gets to schedule no. what? I would yeah. rather never schedule anything ever again in yeah. my whole life. Yeah. Just... Did you schedule a doctor's appointment? No. To... I'm going to read that next question.
0: Oh, okay. All right.
1: Another question. My brain's
0: not working. You're off of the mic. You can't eat it. I, I am eating the mic right now. Okay. And you wonder why our audio quality is uh, shit. <gasps>
1: Girl. Anyway. Okay. Another question. This one was related to Harry Potter and this one comes with a spoiler alert. If you don't know what happens in Harry Potter, please turn this off and go read Harry Potter and come back.
0: <laughs> come back in eight years. Come back I've in eight years. Read I've
1: all you've all read all the books. Watched all the movies and all of the <laughs> canon events. Okay. Anyway. So this one says, Snape's death is the second time that I cried in the series. The first was Dumbledore's death. However, I found his death meaning Snape To be more tragic than Albus is. Who do you think was the better protector of Harry? And do you think that their relationship with Harry and each other was almost parental? Well, so for the first part of that question, who do I think was the better protector of Harry? It it depends on what you mean when you say protector. Like, what does protector even mean? I think, I don't think Snape was protective outwardly, but I think Albus was outwardly protective of Harry. Who's Albus? Albus Dumbledore. Oh. oh. my God. What is happening? Why are you calling him? I've
0: never heard him called Albus. You never called him that in our podcast. So forgive me for not knowing first, middle, and last name oh of all the characters. God. Oh, my God.
1: Okay. One of Harry's Dumbledore. children is named Albus Severus because of both of them. Anyway. Okay. Dumbledore. Okay, can so. You, yeah. Can you dumb it down for us here? <sighs> Okay, I think Dumbledore was more outwardly protective, but had, like, more, I don't want to say manipulative, but he was. He was, like, being a little bit manipulative in the, kind of, the background with all these, like, plans that he had put in place. But then Snape, as you see, like, in the books and in the movies, when they're looking for the sword and they're, they find it in the lake, um, there's a Patronus that leads them to where the sword is hiding and harry thinks that it's his dad because it's a deer um or it's a doe stag a stag
0: which is his patronus
1: harry's is a stag
0: and so is his dad's
1: right but this was a doe
0: are you not so surprised that i know that
1: i'm super surprised actually monica just talked about it on a girl
0: because you could find out there's apparently a test where you can find out what your patronus is oh
1: yeah i think mine's like a dolphin not a dolphin mine's something (sighs) and she
0: was like said something about wanting to be a stag because that was blah blah blah
1: oh my god (laughs) sorry um that's okay well yeah so a doe patronus like leads them what's a patronus spirit animal yeah so everybody has when you say when you use a spell expecto patronum Mm -hmm. um you can create this like animal or Mm -hmm. you know something like an animal like a mythological creature whatever um and it goes that you can use it for like almost like message delivering or for like warning things but it's they use it in the books mainly to ward off like dementors the men the dementors
0: what was the worst part of prison (laughs) the The Dementors dementors. (laughs) and you had to eat your own hair
1: (laughs) what freaking (laughs) miles
0: that's prison Mike prison Mike's on the podcast oh
1: my god you think this podcast
0: is better than prison (laughs) (laughs) gruel we had to eat gruel
1: she's like shut up okay yes okay so I am correct so there was a Patronus. <laughs> <laughs> You're bad on my nerves. So there was a Patronus that led them to the Sword of Gryffindor um, that was like in this lake or whatever. And it was in the form of a doe, which is Lily, who is Harry's mother. It, that's her Patronus. And so it kind of, you kind of get led in the books, or at least I did, to believe that like her, she is like leading him there. Mm-hmm. And in the end when snape is dying he like has the um tear like he's like giving him his memory he gives harry Mm -hmm. his memories Mm -hmm. um and then when harry goes through the memories he sees that like snape actually sent the patronus and his patronus matched Lily's because they loved each other basically or he loved her so yeah i think he was like ultimately protective but he was like never nice to He was, like, never nice to him. So, I don't know. I think you could be protective in different ways. Yeah. So, but complicated about, question. And then
0: she said, do you think that they were parental figures for Harry?
1: Well, I definitely think that Dumbledore was very parental-like. Especially, I think, once they Maybe realized... more, that...
0: like, grandparental.
1: <laughs> probably.
0: Because he's old.
1: Well, Dumbledore was kind of old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think he probably felt guilt about the way that Harry had been raised because I think ultimately he had made the decision that he needed to go and live with his like normal muggle family and so he probably felt bad about that and then this is all not confirmed but he probably felt bad about that and then was like oh shit now he doesn't know anything about the wizarding world and here we are like he's like the savior of this current era and somebody has to guide him and protect him yeah I don't think Snape was parental. I think Snape was the opposite. I think he was kind of ugly.
0: Well, some parents can be ugly.
1: Well, yeah, but he... Yeah. No, I don't think Snape was parental.
0: Maybe, he. I mean, he might have been parental in the way that, like... I think he felt some responsibility
1: for him. Yeah, I think so, but I think that's because of Lily. Right. I think he felt a responsibility to Lily, but not to... I mean, I to Harry you. because of Lily. Yeah, not that he felt anything specifically for Harry. Okay, does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So the other question, other Harry Potter question. So other than Fang, Hagrid's dog, and Fluffy, the three-headed dog, and also some serious black, why do you think there were barely any dogs in the Harry Potter world? What's up with that? Well, that's a good question because there, there's lots of other animals. Mm -hmm. Like there's lots of cats, and there's even like. I mean, there's owls, there's cats, there's rabbits, toads, there's dragons. all kinds of weird, huh? Dragons. Dragons? There are dragons, yeah. yeah. But I wonder why there aren't any dogs. Because Fang, who was like a wolfhound, who was Hagrid's gigantic dog. I can't think of any. I think maybe one of one character at some point had like a little scruffy dog.
0: Do you think maybe just J.K. Rowling is just not a huge dog person?
1: That. Probably has more to do with and it And she just, anything.
0: like, cats or something? Yeah. She's a cat person?
1: Maybe she just didn't have a lot of experience with dogs. Yeah. Or but, I do
0: think, like, cats and stuff have more of a witchy vibe, right? Dogs are not yeah. as, like...
1: They're more, like, human. Like, dogs are more human-y. Does a werewolf count as a dog? Because Remus Lupin turned no. into a, a werewolf once a month. It's kind of doggy, right? Because <laughs> if Sirius is a black wolf and Remus turns into werewolf this says jk
0: rowling has dogs so i don't know
1: (laughs) you're like digging into the social her actual life
0: she has a jack russell terrier named a jack russell terrier named butch okay and a rescued greyhound named sapphire
1: wow i had a jack russell terrier growing up her name was penny she was the best dog ever
0: reddit says jk rowling doesn't write like a pet owner
1: (laughs) she doesn't because like she sa- It says, gets-
0: I know she has dogs, but I feel like she has the psyche of an average pet owner all wrong. I don't know what that means.
1: Yeah, because Hermione gets, um. oh, what is that big cat that she gets? Why can't I think of his name? Alexa, what's the name of Hermione's cat? From Answers.com, Hermione Granger from the Harry Potter series has a cat named Crookshanks. Crookshanks! <laughs> I could not, I was like hijinks. I knew there was something weird in there. Crookshanks yeah like where is he I was so excited when she got a big old cat and then just all these things happened. what are you reading about over there
0: this says J.K. Rowling reveals her dog is a festive farter <laughs> I don't know what that means oh the Harry Potter author posted a picture of her West Highland Terrier Bronte to Twitter on Boxing Day the picture shows the dog licking her lips and is captioned 24 hours of festive farting later we still don't know what she managed to steal so must have ate something and was farting a lot oh it's a cute little doggy, though
1: oh my gosh oh my gosh (laughs) that's so sweet
0: okay are you done talking about harry potter you think
1: or you got anything else to add to that i'm like i love roger so much because he reminds me of crookshanks because he was like this big orange
0: Roger is our cat.
1: Yeah, Roger is our cat, our big orange, long-haired boy, the man of the house. They called him like they called crookshanks like a ginger cat, but he was like oh yeah. long hair, he fat. Oh, I wonder what happened to him. Hope he didn't die in the war. Well, he's
0: not real, so he's still <laughs> alive, probably. Uh, yes, he is in your heart. Oh, what you're thinking. We did have one question on Instagram from Lauren. Shout out Lauren for listening. She said that she um. She tells herself that we created this podcast to create entertainment for her on her maternity leave. <laughs> so we'll say yes, we did do that. Yeah. And she would like to be a guest. And so my answer to that is come on down.
1: I want ever. I want everybody we know to yeah. be a guest. I think
0: there's some really interesting things we could talk to Lauren about.
1: Mm-hmm. Faux show. Faux show.
0: Um, and then another this one is for from mi madre. This is not so much a question, but a comment. Slash idea for another episode. Would you like to hear, mm-hmm. or are you gonna scroll on your phone?
1: I'm not scrolling on my phone.
0: She said, "I guess my comment would be how you all, you all, and many podcasts that I listen to talk openly about being in therapy and how open you are about talking about things on the podcast. I think it's great, but I think it's a new idea to a lot of people my age. Maybe you should do a podcast on finding a therapist and what to expect when you go."
1: Ooh, ooh that's a really good idea
0: i do think that's a good idea wow so good job mom so yeah i think we'll talk about that sometime yeah soon
1: i also got another um suggestion from my dear friend tabitha shout out to my tab i love her so much but she um is also a nurse and um we've worked we went to nursing school together and we actually work together now but she um suggested she really enjoyed sherry's episode and really would like to hear she said a whole ass episode yeah. <laughs> on covid and how terrible it was especially from the point of view from a respiratory therapist and a an ICU nurse so i only did very little covid not i mean i did a little mm-hmm. but not anything like the covid nurses did yeah um in the covid unit at our hospital but Teresa was there during covid sherry was that's Sherry's unit so Sherry was in there all the time but you were in there a ton too.
0: Connor too. Connor, Connor as well. There. I yeah. was not in there a ton. Connor was in there a ton. Well,
1: you were. In, I feel like you were in charge every shift. I was just everywhere
0: yeah. but yeah Connor, Ryan mm-hmm. there's several people yeah. so yeah we'll work on that. Yeah. I think that would be interesting to talk I about. I
1: having like the nurses like um, Ryan my friend Ryan the nurse and then mm-hmm. um, there are so many other nurses I think yeah. that would be super fun.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: Maybe not fun. <laughs> I'm no, going to cry not fun. the whole time probably not but, fun, but just talking about like the
0: long term
1: implications and effects of working in an environment where most of your patients pass away. We love hearing your questions, mm-hmm. love hearing your, hearing your suggestions. Please feel free to reach out on Instagram or to our email at catchmeuppod at gmail.com mm-hmm. Our Instagram is at catchmeuppod or you can call, text, You know, whatever.
0: Stop by the house.
1: Stop by the house. (laughs) Send me a voice memo. Whatever you want to do. And also, if you go to our Spotify account, like if you listen on Spotify, there is an option um, to leave us a voice memo, Mm -hmm. like a voice question or something. You don't have
0: to ask us a question. You don't don't have to ask us a
1: question. We just like to hear from you. We just want to hear your voice. Mm -hmm. Come by, say hey. All right. All right.
0: Well. Thanks for listening. This is like I said a shorter episode but we look forward to getting back to normal next week mm-hmm. and we will be in Wisconsin. Oh yeah. This next week so we're hoping to get I'm hoping to do like a whole like Merrill episode Oh yes, and just like talk to everybody a little bit and then we'll just make like a we'll make like a family trip home episode. Yes. So because I don't think anybody's going to talk to me for more than 10 minutes but we can get 10 minutes from each person. That will be good. <laughs> so.
1: I'm so excited. I get to go and play in the snow.
0: Yep, hopefully. And we're going to go back to our roots. Um, the tiny house Yay! is where Sarah and I fell in love.
1: And that tiny house now lives in Wisconsin. Yeah, and we're so... going to stay in it. I'm so excited. I could cry just thinking about it. Don't
0: cry. Oh, my gosh. We'll get yelled at again by it's Marla good. if you cry. <laughs> she called me today and said, why did you make Sarah cry? Oh, no i
1: said i didn't make
0: her cry she Aww. just cried because she was I talking did. about something
1: hard yeah i did i'm a but. i'm a big crier now i used to never cry but i cry all the time now
0: i've passed it on to you. oh you, you.
1: you have yeah.
0: <laughs> all right well we love you guys all right we'll talk stay to you safe later. stay warm bye Juice.